And we are back. After a week off, the Rodcast returns. And this week, we talk about some breaking news going on in the world of sports, including Baker Mayfield winning the Heisman. We talk about some notes from out in the NFL for the last couple of weeks. We make our NFL picks for this upcoming week. Please explain returns with some real serious questions. Talk a little bit about the Gophers, both basketball and football. Litter Shit, of course, is back. And we talk about everyone's favorite hockey club as well. We're back. We're back. Episode 14, but you thought you got rid of us, but uh, joke's on you. We were just on a break. Uh, like all great teams are great tandems, you know, we needed a bye week. And we gave you guys a little break, a little hall pass so you go out and realize how much all the other podcasts you listen to are way were better than us. And now we're back. I just realized right now, as you said, episode 14, that our episode number no longer coincides with what week we are in the NFL schedule. Because it was always like, like episode 13 was week 13 of the NFL season. Ooh. And because we were unavailable last week, we skipped week 14. So should we just call this episode 15? Yep. We're, yeah, that's the, it'll be like the last episodes of Chappelle's show. The episode 14, maybe we'll record it sometime, but nope. Probably going to create a lot of confusion for people that are listening to this, or that don't listen to this, I should say, because they're going to look at the episode title. Actually, I don't title the episodes with episode numbers anymore, so I guess it doesn't matter. But if I did... They'd see episode 13 and episode 15 and say, where's episode 14? But then they'd listen to it and they'd understand. Exactly. So it's an inside joke that only it we isn't get. actually a joke because yep. it's, it's just not confusing a thing anymore. But it confuses us. Confusion or not, we've returned triumphantly, maybe. I don't know. So uh, a lot has transpired in the last couple of weeks. I know people have probably been out there dying to hear our takes on it because our opinions are so important and so well informed. But uh we're here to give you what you want, give you uh, the inside scoop into our brains of the last two weeks. And Rod, most recently in my brain, we have a new Heisman Trophy winner. We do indeed. Mr. Baker's Dozen Mayfield. Oh boy, Mr. Holma Dick, Mr. Go. Who's your daddy? Yeah, who's your daddy? Go root for basketball, Mr. I hate Kansas. Mrs. Mr. Ba- I can't get a handshake from little kids. <laughs> Baker Big Baller Mayfield. And I'm pumped. I thought that was sweet. I wanted him to win even, only because there's there's two reasons, and they're the other two candidates. Uh, Lamar Jackson, not as good as he was before. I wish he would have, uh, like, I, his breakout season was his best one, so that would have been weird. But what's his name? Bryce Love. I have such a hard, that guy literally has everything going for him. And he is a standout All-American athlete going to school at Stanford. He is a PhD student or a PhD or some form of doctorate level student is going to get that. He's got too much going. Don't give him the Heisman. Just we'll all agree that like, sure, he was deserving, but no, I can't handle someone having that much going for him. He's kind of like Christian McCaffrey, but not as good at football, maybe. But better at school? I don't know. What did Christian McCaffrey do at Stanford? Did he leave with any type of special degree? Did he leave with a degree at all? I don't remember. I think he just graduated, yeah. so He not- just graduated from Stanford. <laughs> yes. What yep. a loser. Yeah, this a little, a little super senior lap there. Hey, but you know what? Everything that he knows, 
Somebody taught him. Yeah, so is he really that smart, or is no. it just the people who taught him? I don't Probably think he, not. Technically, he knows nothing. Well, that was sweet, but Rod, I have a more burning question for you, and this is somewhat loaded because obviously I know my answers, but who's your favorite Heisman Trophy winner? All time. aside Ever? from Aside from OJ? Oh, oh, yeah. No, you can't pick him. We'll go with that. And aside from Reggie Bush. Why would I pick Reggie Bush? His is vacated. Okay. I, I feel so like doesn't you count. worded the question poorly. Because when you say aside from Reggie Bush, that implies that I was going to say well, Reggie Bush. Sorry, but I get what you you're also saying. can't pick him. It's Tim Tebow, obviously. Good choice. That is the correct answer. And number two is Johnny Manziel. Number three is Vic Vermontes. Oh, calling the shots. When that's, is that? Next year? The year after? Uh, I'll say senior year. Senior year? Okay, big old... Or actually, I guess technically that would be his junior year because he's got three years left. Right. Old Big Paws Magoo, our future quarterback of the Golden Gophers. Have you seen... By the way, I think we might have to call that a rod bomb. Really? Instead of a woge bomb or a com bomb, that's a uh, rod a, bomb. A rod bomb? Okay, that's we're, you're squatting on that take. That's going to be the one that you, you've got it on record when he wins Heisman. You're going to be the one who called it. So, speaking of hands, Ooh. did you see... So, did you look at the, the picture? I know we were texting about this. We text and talk more than people know. Yeah. Uh, did hot. you see the picture that I was referencing when I texted you about the size of his hands? I think so. It wasn't the one when he was holding the oar, was it? No, he had his arm around the shoulder of... I don't think it was PJ Fleck, but it was one of the gopher coaches during an in-home visit. And the young man's hand took up like the coach's entire shoulder and most of his peck. His, his paws are enormous. I mean, hopefully he doesn't have like the shack factor where his hands are too big and he can control the ball too well, but I don't think we have to worry about that. Well, he just needs to dunk it in low post then instead of shooting free throws. Exactly. Just hack a shack. Do you remember You remember the show Sports Science from back in the... Like before it was a bit on ESPN, it was an actual show on Fox yes, Sports. Yes, absolutely. Did you ever see the episode where they took... I forget who it was. It was some like no-name NBA player and gave him these like stiff foam slash rubber gloves that were the same size as Shaq's hands <laughs> and made him shoot, try and shoot free throws. That's and then not he the was, same He was all. like some kind of guard and he had like a really good free throw percentage and had him shoot free throws with these Shaq hand gloves on. And we're like, oh, well, it's the size of his hands. It makes it more difficult. It's like, no, you, you, he doesn't actually have control of the last <laughs> four inches of these gloves because it's, it's like not his hand. It's not like they gave him like... Some kind of advanced prosthetic. Yeah, he basically just put like an oversized of glove on him and told him to shoot free throws. No, but I did have a basketball as a kid that had Shaq's handprint on it. It was like a black and silver ball. And I always remember my hand never got any bigger than the size of his palm. So that was as as big as it got. Do you still have the ball? Could you go back to it today for reference? Probably, but I like I'm saying as long as I lived at my parents' household, it never got bigger. And I don't think my hands have grown much. So yeah, I feel for Shaq and his giant paws, 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 paws. paws. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, old Vic Vic Sanity uh, is uh, he can use his giant hands to row those oars all the way to a Big Ten championship. I pointed out the giant hands on Twitter. And he retweeted it. Ooh. I said something along the lines of, like, I pointed out how big his hands were. And then I said, you know what they say about big hands? <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Big time championship winning quarterback. And he retweeted it. Rod, how does it feel to be retweeted by a 20-year-old kid? That's got to be pretty sweet, huh? By a, by a verified account with 20,000 <laughs> followers? I mean, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I got like a whole 20 likes off of it, man. My celebrity status was huge there for about 12 hours. That is incredible. 
You know what's not so incredible, Rod? Lots of things, but what you're going to say definitely on that list. Yeah, we've got a... I don't know if this is a segment because I don't really want to bring this upon people repeatedly, but I'm calling this one a bit of a bummer, and that's sarcastic because that's a total understatement, but breaking news if you haven't heard it, um, some of our childhood, or at least mine, uh, NFL icons, they they done messed up. They, a report came out of a former ESPN NFL Network employee who has uh, many a story of some very inappropriate sexual advances, actions, comments, etc. of some very notable former NFL players and ESPN execs, including Marshall Falk, Warren Sapp, Donovan McNabb, Heath Evans, among other, and it's gross. It's, these are like some Norwood Teague level yeah, text messages it's that these guys were sending her, and like, or even just you know things that they were doing, things that they said verbally. And I mainly brought it up because it was one of those things. I saw Marshall Falk on there, and he on he's he seems like a really nice guy. He was such a he was like a great player. Marshall Falk is mostly the reason that you're a Rams fan. Exactly, yeah. He kind of made me fall in love with the Rams or jump on the bandwagon when they were good. Uh, but I initially read it, and I saw his name, and it made me realize that my initial knee-jerk reaction was, oh, she's got to be lying. And then it took me like 10 seconds, and I kind of just thought to myself, like, wait a minute, what the heck? Like, why Why would I even think that? Like, what? I don't know him. You don't know these people. And it kind of just brought me along to the train of thought of, like, all these people, you know, like the Louis C.K. things, like all these celebrities coming out or like, you know, notable people that you thought you knew just because of how they were portrayed. And now they have these issues. They have these really messed up stories about them. And it kind of just made me think it's like if the, if this came out and they just said they just referred to all these people as NFL Network or ESPN employees and didn't refer to them as their names, I definitely would have read it and been like, well, that makes sense. I wouldn't have even questioned it. It would have been something like, all right, we'll see what happens with if this goes to court or anything. But it just kind of made me think. It's like, how messed up is that? That just because I thought, wow, this good football player or this guy that I used to think was awesome couldn't do this because I know nothing about him aside from his talents. Kind of, kind of makes you think. Before I piggyback off of what you said, I just want to point this out. Louis C.K. probably not the example you were looking for there because based on how he's portrayed, it makes perfect sense. That these allegations well, came out. Yeah, but it's okay. It's one of those things I that like I, saying, I personally like him right. because of his content. So like that's kind of the train. The other people You like his sexual harassment jokes. <laughs> okay. That yeah, bad example. But <laughs> you know what I mean. He's yes. a, co- a comedian that I'm a fan of. Right, right, right. No, I totally get what you're saying. And that it's so true. It is a just kind of an insight into the um what is the word? What do they say when it's like, because we're humans, human, uh, natural human response or whatever. Uh, I'm sorry, but you know what I'm human saying? Human nature? Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what I was looking for. It's human nature to just like, because it's the, the, the accused in this situation is someone that either, like you say, you thought you knew or someone that you admired, looked up to, you held them as a role model. You automatically have these, um, inclinations or whatever to just say like oh no that like that can't be true he, you don't want to believe it there's no way you wouldn't do it simply because yeah you don't want to believe it because you held this person in such high esteem because none of this stuff was public you just knew him as a great football player and like you hear interviews and stuff and they sound like a cool guy but it just goes to show you that 
you, you know, people aren't always what we think they are and, and you never know what's going on in, in people's personal lives. And it sucks, man. It's, there's, there's obviously a lot of this going on right now. And it's, it's, I mean, obviously it's good that it's coming out that these women are feeling, um, empowered enough or they're feeling brave enough to speak out against this because it's something that's absolutely disgusting and it's a tragedy and it needs to stop. But at the same time, it's also really disheartening where it's like, wow, I, I really like this guy. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's one of those things you kind of wonder. It's like, well, how many people out there are actually not like are actually clean are actually like good people? Cause it shows you that you can be fooled. And on a slightly lighter note, I have noticed that since some of these things have come out, the internet, they've been using Tom Hanks as a really good example where it's like they have fake news headlines of something that seems kind of misleading down that road. And then it ends. It's like Tom Hanks alleged report comes out, blah, blah. blah and it's like something it's like, he actually helped two old women across the street instead of the photograph that shows him only helping one. And it's like all this really dumb stuff. That's pretty funny where it's like, all right, Tom Hanks is our sacred beacon of hope. Like he's the one that we have to believe in still. But what you know, if Tom it could, Hanks? I was just saying, yeah, that's the thing. It could come out tomorrow and something could be messed up. And that doesn't, any preconceived notion you have could be wiped away. And it's just like, you know, it's almost would be better if these people could remain anonymous. And then once it was like convicted, it'd come out and just shock everyone, but you wouldn't even have the option to in your head be like, Oh, well maybe it's not true. Like it just, it's like, all right, this trial went down and it was these ESPN executives or these employees and they were convicted and here are their names. And then they all came out and you'd be like, Oh no. Instead of being able to have, you know, the, the ignorant, knee-jerk reaction of thinking of just that maybe no, yeah. someone's lying about this that's yeah. not how it happened yeah you don't know these people who are accusing yet you know these celebrities so for some reason that makes it slanted in the, the wrong direction right well that was a bit of a bummer yeah rightfully titled a bit of a bummer you know what else is a bit of a bummer at least for one ben mcadoo <laughs> uh this, he is gone. Kind of, this is kind of old news because we didn't do a show last week but i'm super excited to uh break the news that ben mcadoo has been fired by the giants yeah, it took long enough. It's about friggin' time. Uh, good for Eli getting his starting job back. Uh, I still feel for the man for having his, not just the like streak, because I think if you asked Eli about and I'm sure they have asked him about it, but, but his honest feelings about having his consecutive game started streak broken, honestly, it probably doesn't mean all that much to him. Nah. But just it's just disrespectful to a guy that didn't deserve that. Yeah. And so uh, Ben McAdoo, I hated him originally because he's ugly, and now I have even more of a reason to hate him, and he's gone. So right on. Yeah, look at him go. Um, the, I mean, the Giants are still really just waiting for 2018 and for next year, so that's no big news. Um, some big news in the NFL, though, everyone's hurt. And we, we went through a wave of again. this. Yeah, we went through a wave of this earlier, back in kind of like the Dalvin Cook injury era, but... Yeah, everyone's getting hurt again, and it's not good. Uh, aside, you know, from minor things to Carson Wentz ACL tear to concussions, super dangerous and scary spinal injuries. Uh, yeah, it's just not good. And it's like, you know, it, it, speaking of hot, it brings up the thing of every time this comes around, it's, oh, football's so dangerous. You know, kids shouldn't even be allowed to play this. Or uh, who was it? Uh, oh, my God. Woodson? Wasn't he the one who had said on live tv during that Bengals steelers game that he wasn't gonna let his kids play football it's like oh that's a, that's a good look for the nfl i'm sure they appreciated that they've had a lot of former players saying stuff like that now though and it's it makes sense it's it's the nfl's not 
going away though. I, I understand mm-hmm. people's concerns, yeah, no. and if you choose to not have your child play football, I have no problem with that. Like that's your decision as a parent. But just simply because of the amount of money and popularity that is involved in football in this country, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, it's it's unavoidable. The NFL is just way too much of a powerhouse, and it's it have to be. It's going to take more than this. This isn't new. It's the concussion awareness and things like this are definitely higher than usual. But this is not new. the The increase in injuries is not necessarily anything astronomical compared to a normal season. So, unfortunately, even though there's scary injuries and a lot of danger and you know concussions happening, the NFL's not going anywhere. Football's not going anywhere. The one thing that should probably change, at least, uh, I'm I'm convinced that the NFL concussion protocol is not actually a real thing. I think that as long as they can get you to follow a finger without throwing up, they'll put you back in the game. Yeah, we saw that last week with who was it? Who was the Savage? quarterback? Yeah, Tom yeah, Savage. That was bad. He. Uh, I mean, Tom Savage was kind of a seized. He's kind of an awful quarterback already, so you couldn't necessarily tell by his play on the field that he had a concussion. But insult uh, to injury there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, Tom. I guess that's a little insensitive. Sorry. Uh, I'll go. I'll backtrack to Carson Wentz then, as long as I'm uh, saying stupid things. Uh, I feel like the the thing with Carson Wentz, the Minnesotan in me is like, oh, sick, like. He's out of the way now. That's one less team for the Vikings to really have to deal with. And I mean, obviously, they have a good team outside of just Carson Wentz. But without Carson Wentz, that team isn't the best team in the NFC anymore. So it's one less team that the Vikings are going to have to, uh, you know, really battle against on their way to playing in a home Super Bowl. But the other side of the Minnesotan in me wants to adopt Carson Wentz as a Minnesotan. I feel like we do this with... uh, with North Dakotans in, yep. here in Minnesota. He's the Midwest kid. It's, it's the same thing with like um, with English people and, and Scottish people. If it's somebody that's like super good at something, they're famous for something, they do something really good, then, then in England they'll just consider them English. But if they're not, then they're Scottish. And so it's the same thing here where it's like, oh, Carson Wentz, yeah, he's basically Minnesotan. But if it's just like some... Dude, like random guy or somebody that did is in the news for bad things. Like oh, he's definitely from North Dakota. Yeah, exactly. It's a you draw that line in the border either in sand or in stone, depending. It's either on, written in the stars or written in the sand. Yeah, exactly. Depending on their success level, but no, that I, you feel so bad that dude's. I mean, it's not like you're ever. No one's happy about injuries. That's just messed up. But you know, he's such a good dude, and it's it's total bummer. Um, but. He'll be all right. Also, super. So right. one one last note on that before we move on. Super ironic is uh, I watch. So most of the time when I'm watching football on Sundays, I'm streaming it on the Fox Sports Go app, and they always play like the same couple of commercials every commercial break. It's not like regular TV where you have a like variety of commercials. It's like a certain set that they play, and so every other commercial break you see a commercial that you saw two commercial breaks ago, and one of them is a commercial for Sanford Orthopedics. And they use Carson Wentz in this commercial Oof. where they show him doing, um, what what's that called? Where you've got one leg up on the bench and you're doing a one-legged split, squat. Like split doing a split squat, holding dumbbells. And like he's, I don't he's going to str- have to be doing those. Strengthening his knee, like <laughs> rehabbing knee injuries and stuff like that. I was like, ooh, that's super ironic. Ooh, that's you. That's cringeworthy. Uh, I got another quick cringeworthy for you, Rod. Joe Mixon, uh, out with a concussion last week. Uh, you ready for this one? Uh, it's, I'm ready. It's pretty bad. Um, now he finally knows what that girl 
in the bard that he punched feels like. Ooh. I like it. I don't know know what else to say. I think that's the perfect reaction to that. Yikes. He now knows what it's like to be just get your bones rattled. Yeah, get your your bell rung there. So uh, that's karma. There's that one. Um, So good for him. Yeah, there you go. Um, Other news. So Joe Mixon's in his brain's in some trouble. The Eagles might be in some trouble. Although Nick Foles, maybe he's going to be all right. And the Patriots, are they in trouble? I don't know. That was such a weird game last night. Uh, I, I, I didn't watch most of it, but I was kind of following along on my phone because I have Brandon Cooks on my fantasy team. So week one, no of, the fan- week one of the fantasy playoffs this week. Uh, well, for some people. Going up against, well, for me, for me, it's week one of the fantasy playoffs. Going up against uh, the Minnesota Mandime, Mr. Neil Callanan. Oh, he's he's gone to Minnesota. He went from math class hottie to just Mandime to now he governs no, he the was, whole state of Mandime. No, that was the Twitter account that we made for him freshman oh, year was at forgot. Minnesota Mandime. Yeah, he's taken. Don't worry, all the he, one girls that listen to this. He's, he's married now. Um, but so I was playing him in the fantasy playoffs this week. He had Chris Boswell on his fantasy team. So the Sunday night game, the Ravens allow the Steelers to march down the field, kick a game-winning field goal. And at the time, I was up, I believe it was 93 or 91, whatever. I was up by a couple of points. Chris Boswell kicking that field goal gave him a two-point lead going into the Monday night game where I had Brandon Cooks. So it all came down to Brandon Cooks needs to get me three points to win this game. I kept checking the stats and I was like, did he get hurt or something? Cause it was just zero catches, zero yards. So finally I was able to flip the game on about halfway through the third quarter. And right when I flipped it on, Gruden was talking about it. And he's like, cause I guess they had thrown his direction like three times, twice it had gotten intercepted. He, oh, yeah. he had been getting completely shut down. I had to shut the game off again. And at the time still no catches, no yards, no points. I was like, I'm going to lose this. He ended the game with one catch for 38 yards, and I won by one point. <laughs> so classic. moving on. Classic. And that was another classic Rod story. Back to the Pats, though. Uh, no, they're not in trouble. <laughs> it's Tom Brady. It's Bill Belichick. They'll be fine. Tom Brady, coincidentally or weirdly enough, has had some of his worst games of his career at Miami. Yeah, that's like for a whatever thing, right? Reason, like they're not just, good against the Dolphins. And it's specifically in Miami. Yeah. So, I mean... All good teams got to lose every once in a while, right? And in classic fashion, Jay Cutler plays really well in a game that he probably shouldn't and that no one expected. Now he's going to go back to mediocrity. Jay Cutler, but he essentially got himself a contract for next year if he wants to come back again. He is so, like, it frustrates me. So we get one more year of Jay Cutler because of that game. (laughs) I'm so annoyed at how talented he is with how good he can look and how well he throws the ball when he doesn't care at all. It's frustrating. Um, you know what else is frustrating? It's really frustrating Rod? if you're a Dolphins and or specifically a Bears fan for the last ten years. Yeah, but, yeah. basically anyone who has him as a quarterback. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, you know who? You hear those rumblings, Rod? You can you can you hear the footsteps of a big old teddy bear? No, no, no. Oh, of the big bad wolf of the weast, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and his that would potential be comeback. East. I said weast. I thought you said weast. <laughs> The uh, the Packers fans are rumbling. They're saying there's a table that needs to be run. They're about to do What's the opposite of b- not back your way into the playoffs, but they're about to just steamroll their way yeah, into the playoffs? They're about to, to finagle their way in, allegedly, 
because they think A-Rod's coming back and that he is going to win a Super Bowl for them. They got a pretty good game out of Brett Hundley last week, and they almost lost to the freaking Browns. Yeah, I think they don't. I don't know if they understand that Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense. I was so excited following that game while watching the Vikings game, following that game the whole time, and being like, they're going to do it. All week, I was so pumped and so confident that the Browns were going to beat the Packers and get their first win of the year and just humiliate the Packer fans and their playoff run or their, their, their chance at getting into the playoffs. And they just, in typical Browns fashion, couldn't quite do it. Deshaun Kaiser decided to that play 500 hideous. dead or alive. He played and just, Winston. just hucked it straight in the air. Oh, it was so bad. It looked, it, it had, they that had such promise. A, that was not a rookie mistake. That was like a Pop Warner mistake. That was one of those things. It's like, there are so many people who have never done that in their career. Just because it's like, who who does, who even tries that? But yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, I'm pretty excited about Flash Gordon, old Josh Gordon being back. Yes. Him on Twitter is electric. He, also turns out he can play football sober. Yeah, he's real good when he's sober. Makes you think. He but. was even better drunk, but <laughs> yeah. once he gets back into the swing Now he's things, just on knows? hard drugs instead. Yeah. <laughs> but that was sweet. Uh, Browns almost did it. Not surprised, even the slightest. But that was, you know, pretty funny to see the Packers fans sweat that one out for a little bit. Um, and finally, well, not finally, second to finally, a uh, quick note. The Rams are fine. They lost the Eagles. I don't really care. It's fine. But the uh, right. the biggest news Rod, who's starting at quarterback this week for the Vikings? You know what? Highly controversial. I'm hearing some rumblings that, uh, no, it'll be Case. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I think that the, uh, that like K-Fan or some kind of, maybe even just Espen, needs to give Case Keenum like a 90 second just bit on a show to give like a nice big old FU to the majority of Vikings fans and just media even in general. Because not once has a quarterback ever had a season like this and still had people question week to week whether or not he should start at quarterback over someone who hasn't played in four Two and a years. half years. It's silly. It's it's actually outrageous and as a like I kind of feel bad for him. It's like for especially being in a fan base like Minnesota, oh Minnesota nice, even though the Vikings fans are being idiots about this right now because Mike Zimmer said it best where he's like, do I announce every week that Pat Elfline's going to start at line? Do I say that Sandejo is starting on defense? No, I don't. I don't need to tell you starting. It's like, why Why are we questioning it? But he does say that Case has big balls. That's true. And even more reason to just trust that he's starting. But yeah, that's, that's probably the ugh. best Mike Zimmer quote ever. It was a few weeks ago. Oh, he's got big balls. You know what I like about Case? He's got big balls. <laughs> Why do you sound like Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey? You sounded like... He sounds like he's got big balls. (laughs) What the hell? Just say yes and we'll move on. Um, No, uh, Case really didn't play that bad. I mean, let's... Uh, Some bad drops. Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, the first interception wasn't great. The second one was Diggs let the ball go through his hands and hit him in the head. Yep. And then it was anybody's ball at that point when it popped straight up in the air. Rudolph had a big drop. Thielen had the drop, uh, almost the redeemed zone. himself, but then also dropped that one because you have to complete the catch until you make it all the way back to the locker room at halftime. <laughs> that was the correct call that that was an incomplete pass, but that is so frustrating. It's frustrating. It's it's frustrating even. You ever hear people use the word frustrating? Is, that's a word? Well, I mean, frustrating instead of frustrating. I can't say that I've noticed you, that. You haven't? Uh, just, I don't know. People use it all the time. I hear people all the time say frustrating. 
Hmm. And it's like people like on TV and on the radio and stuff where it's like, you should know how to talk. Well, now I can't unhear that. But they that. say frustrating and it's frustrating to me that they say frustrating. That's like like how I can't unhear nuclear instead of nuclear. There's no Y in there. Nuclear. Nuclear. Shit. Yeah, no. Listen to how many people say nuclear bomb or- You mean nuclear bomb. Exactly. This nuclear is incorrect is what no, you're telling me. Nuclear is correct. Nuclear- is incorrect. That's not what you said 10 seconds ago. That's, I may have gone backwards, but nuclear. N U C L E A R. Let's see what the, what and the then dictionary n- lady has to say here. See how it's N U C L E A R? Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. Nuclear. But so many people. Isn't that what you said? You've waffled back and yeah, forth several times. I know it's hard. I know it's We're going to have to go back to the tape. All right. Later so on it's here. it's difficult, but listen, people will say nuclear. But it's, it's nuclear. Exactly. Okay. Boom. Settled. That's the way I've said it. Yeah. I wasn't saying you weren't. I know. I was just surprised I was doing it right. <laughs> okay. Fair. All uh, right. <laughs> but back to the Vikings. What Rod. else can we talk about? Uh, uh, is it panic button time? Are the, are the, uh, the Carolina Panthers going to win the Super Bowl? We smashing that panic button. I'm freaking out. No. Adam Thielen is he is he done? Did he forget how to catch? Is, no. He's Sa- still at 100 yards in a tutty. Do we need Sam Bradford? No. What about Culpepper? What's he doing? Ooh. See, Randy Moss has still got it. I could go for caught some, that pass from Tom Brady. I, for, I could go for some Culpepper. I mean, couldn't we all? But all right, whatever some you Gus, say, dude. Some Gus Ferrat. Yeah, what, I mean, whatever you say. I guess we'll see what happens. But you know. I'm excited, man. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It, it Obviously, it sucked losing that game. I always like to pretend that I'm not one of these people whose whole life is dictated by sports, and when your team loses, you're mad. But that legitimately ruined most of the rest of my Sunday. I was sorry, or I allowed it to ruin most of the rest of my Sunday. Like, I was so... I shouldn't say ruined, but I was definitely, like, not in a good mood. Yeah, it, it got to you. Especially immediately following the game. But But thinking back on it, we, we made mistakes that we don't normally make. And because of that, I feel fine. Yes. I, these aren't going to be... Uh, I'm not... Kyle Rudolph is a very sure-handed tight end. Uh, Adam Thielen is a very sure-handed wide receiver. Diggs is very sure-handed. Those drop passes, they're not going to happen again. Uh, we were kind of patchwork on the offensive line. Carolina's got a halfway decent defense. I was a little surprised offensively how efficient they were in the passing game yeah i really did not see that coming uh cam newton still knows how to run the ball and he had been running effectively for the last four or five weeks he'd been averaging 60 70 yards something like that they gave up a couple big plays which is something that this team hasn't done all year um they're gonna be fine honestly the, the debate always this this topic always comes up at the end of the season every year especially with teams like the patriots and stuff it's like well, or like Kentucky in basketball when they just won every game, it was like, would they be, would it be beneficial for them to lose a game? Uh, and I'm not saying that it was that it was a good thing for the Vikings to lose this game, but it's not the end of the world. That's fair. It's like that weird thing where like you wonder if they've actually been tested when they don't lose a game, or or there's I feel like it's this weird thing where when teams are undefeated, everyone thinks that they could just get blown out one game because they don't know how to like play from behind or something. So. I can see that. Yeah, not and too worrisome. And they were so close to coming back in that game. Yeah. Red zone offense let them down again, which was something that they had been very good at. There's a lot of things that had been our strengths that in turn let us down. 
which gives me hope that it's an anomaly and not a trend. If there were things that had just been kind of middle of the road for us, the third down offense, or not the necessarily third down offense, but the, the red zone offense, uh, you know, the drop passes, defensively the, the mistakes that we made, those were all like things that the Vikings were very good at and things that have made them a very good team up to this point in the season. If those were things that we had just been kind of middle of the road at and getting by, I'd be concerned. But it's not like that switch is just going to flip like it did last year. Ooh. No, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. All right, Rod, let's take a quick break here from Sports, Sports, Sports. Uh, Since you like to say that sports don't dictate your life and your feelings. Uh, we got the return of a segment here that was mildly successful at best, but I'm bringing it back. We're going back to please explain. And Rod, we're, these are legitimate questions this time. We're not going to rely on our comedic wit because that is not our strong suit. Uh, so it's I actually not. have... Mm, All right. Yeah, we'll leave that up for debate. But first one here. This is legitimate. I, I actually want your take on this because I am biased and my brain works differently because of my orientation. But why... What? Wait. <laughs> Throw, did you just drop orient. a bombshell on us? <laughs> I did not. That's not this what I meant. This is one of those uh, instances where saying a disclaimer about the question before asking the question can be a negative thing for you. Oh, yeah, which I literally do before almost every question I ask, and it's annoying, I know. But I do it, too. You talk for like a minute before you actually get to the question, yeah, you and it's over-explain like, well, what's the it. question actually going to be? Yep. It's so the you get a phone call there, but I'm not. It's a reminder. Uh, the question reminder to get on to your question. Yeah, (laughs) zing. All right, why the hell do lefties look so different? And you could argue weird when throwing a football, or also I think shooting a basketball. But when you see, like, you couldn't pick lefties out of a team throwing, like, playing catch in baseball, or like pitching. Obviously, you can see it because they're standing alone. But why does it look so different in those sports and then in baseball? doesn't so i'm going to answer this question very simply but it's going to lead to a difficult follow-up question there is a much higher percentage of left-handed people in baseball than there is in basketball and football but then the question is why also the question is why is someone throwing a football left-handed somehow way different i get that you don't see it as much but it's a left-handed throwing motion it still shouldn't like be that weird i think for the most part it's not necessarily the throwing motion that's weird with with football anyway it's not the throwing motion that's weird it's that at least when you're watching a game on tv the quarterback is facing the wrong way. Yeah, I, that actually does you make know? sense if you because see, especially the camera when you see angle, from the side. The camera angle is from the sideline. And so you expect that when a team is moving from right to left, you're going to see the quarterback's back and when they're moving from left to right, you're going to see their chest. Okay, that no that makes sense. That it's, actually what about basketball? Any any idea with cuz when I don't I, watch basketball, I don't that's know. That's fair. I don't have an answer. I'll to just that. put my take on this then. <laughs> When I saw, would see myself in high school shooting on film, I thought it looked weird just because I don't get to see myself shoot that much. But I didn't think it looked weird because I was left-handed. But whenever we'd play against lefties and stuff, I'd always be like, huh, that kid looks kind of goofy when he shoots. And then I was like, oh, he's left-handed. Or like we were watching the Gopher game and realized there's some lefties. It doesn't look as weird because, you know, the, the difference is not as great when you're, it's, you know, you're that, still squared up, but it's just, there's yeah. something about it. And I don't know, I tried, so <laughs> a little disclaimer here, I tried to find out like what the percentage of lefties in the NBA were at a given time. Cause I was just curious. Cause you know, you don't see it that much, you don't hear about it, but Google kept autocorrecting when I was typing in what percentage of NBA players are, it wouldn't stop autofilling with black 
And <laughs> first of all, why are you looking for that percentage versus the other way around? When you, What are you looking for, 98% instead of 2%? But I just thought it was interesting that they don't record that. And it was like, oh, best left-handed players of all time. And like Oscar Robinson and people were like that were out there. But it was just weird. Like I couldn't find it. So I don't know. And it must not be that important because I guess in basketball, it's like once you're elite, everyone can do stuff with both hands as it is and shooting's not that different. But I don't know. It just threw me for a loop. I was like, maybe I can't tell because I am left-handed and that just throws me off completely. I want to go back to the question that I posed, the follow-up question. Why are there such a higher percentage of left-handers in baseball than there is in basketball and football? And Hmm. from a pitching perspective, it kind of makes sense. But that's it. Well, but I, and it, and from that perspective, honestly, no, it, it really doesn't really make it, all that much but sense. Then you also have five positions that they can't right, four that right, they can't play. Right, five. Well, uh, yeah, four. yeah, first, yeah. So second base, third base. So you're only shortstop and catcher. You're half. never gonna have a left-handed player there, at least once you get beyond like you know youth baseball. Do you ever play? Did you ever, as a lefty, ever get a chance to play either one of those infield positions or catcher? Uh, all the above until high school. Yes. Yeah. And because you didn't realize when you're like fourth, fifth grade, you don't really realize that that's a disadvantage to have to open up and throw like that. Yeah, like it doesn't just, matter. You never really think about it, but it, it clearly is, especially at higher levels of baseball. Um, but even from a pitching perspective, I get the idea of having a left-handed pitcher come in to face a left-handed batter, but there's also a lower percentage of left-handed batters. Which is which brings up another thing because I think that there's a the, a super high percentage of left-handed hockey players in dispi- in comparison to to batters in baseball. And I think I that's weird. I have a weird. legitimate explanation for that. Is that positional as well? It's no. Well, n- not necessarily. No. I mean, uh, some guys like especially defensively, um, for the most part, and this this isn't true on a whole, but on, on average right-handed defensemen like to play on the right side because it's easier to hold the puck in along the boards having your Uh, stick on that side but the reason why there's more left-handed hockey players than there are right-handed hockey players like there's actually more lefties than righties okay is probably simply because we named them incorrectly incorrectly as a as a although it's 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 the same as like baseball yeah if you're you whichever hand is on, behind the butt, the bat or the stick. Right, is the hand that you go with. But in in a lot of other countries, especially Canada and the European countries, hockey players are taught that their strong hand goes on the top of the stick. Oh. So if, you, if you're right-handed... Well, yeah, because you have the hand and the stick right. and that hand by itself. Right. Mm. Most, of, most of what you're doing... There's a lot of times where that's the only hand that you have on the stick. And then there's also, for the most part, your, your bottom hand... In hockey, so if you're a right-handed shot, what we call a right-handed shot, your right hand is on the bottom of the stick. You're not actually grasping the stick with your right hand. You're more so cupping it. Ah. And the, the motion of the stick, a lot of uh, for the most part, is coming from your top hand. And so they teach players, especially in those other countries, why it's slightly different in America, I don't know. But especially in those other countries, they teach them to put their strong hand on the top of the stick. So if you have more righties in society, you're going to have more left-handed hockey players because they're going to have the right hand on the top of the stick. There's a little history lesson wow. for you. Wow, did not know that. Um, so we still kind of didn't explain that, but there is some, some Nothing knowledge Nothing has bombs. been explained yet, but we tried. 
All right, I got another one for you that I don't know if we're going to be able to explain. Why don't vodka Red Bulls kill you? Is this like in reference to Four Loco? Uh, sure. Well, the like, original is, Four Loco. Why but... is the original Four Loco, so, why were they not allowed to put caffeine in it now, but you can go to the bar and order a vodka Red Bull? Yes, that actually is a really good point. But also, it's like there's been studies, and someone sent me an article not that long ago about how it's like, they're so bad for you and like just the mixing of uppers and downers like that in you know somewhat uncontrolled amounts i just don't get how it's not i well i do because red bull is so popular and because they're delicious but see it's just one of those things it's like this seems like it should like if you're at a bar and you can order a vodka red bull why can't you order a promethazine and seven up like it just seems like it's on the same level where you know is seven there's up no or, drinking response. Seven up's neither an upper nor a downer though. You're right, but but cough syrup is not something <laughs> you should be drinking recreationally. But it just didn't. I mean, it didn't yeah. mix with your. It's it's like uh, ordering a um, cocaine marijuana. Yeah. I don't know my recreational drugs super well, but I'm fairly sure that cocaine's an upper and marijuana's a downer. Yeah, you, I mean you're right, in that. or even just right like on. even just yeah. Can I get a uh, a tall boy and a tall boy a PBR and a bump of cocaine? Like yeah, sure. Let's just go uppers downers there. Or a tall boy PBR and a shot of Jameson, <laughs> yeah. better known as a PBJ. PBJ. But yeah, I didn't. I was just thinking about that. Uh, that was around me recently i may have had one the other weekend and i was one? like this is yeah actually just one because okay, i was good for you look at us being adults i was looking at it and i was like this is not good but yeah a little food for thought there and here we're going back to the arm the handedness this was posed on twitter i thought this was super funny so if you lose your right arm and we're gonna say for the sake of argument you're like at birth or you're born without it or like you live your life without it so you're not an amputee so to speak you didn't lose it you never grew you it never had it is your if that's your the arm on the right half of your body is your other arm your left arm or is it your arm what is it referred to which as? one are you gonna go with because i'll just pick the other one and we'll make an argument out of it good because i think it's your arm ah shit i was gonna go with that yeah see to me that makes sense because it's like you don't say organs that are not symmetrical you don't say my left like, heart yeah my right it's heart. like you have sides to it and stuff and like oh that's my right appendix or things like that like you don't say things like that so i feel like you would just have an arm there's no specification needed it's like if you have one car you wouldn't say oh that's my black car right yeah or it's my it's a green car what, it's just a modifier that's unnecessary it's just your car yeah but what if you okay what if you lose your arm though what if you're an amputee because then you can, in I past think tense, over, refer I think, to it. I think over time, you would adjust to simply calling it your arm. Okay. So which one of us what is if you lose? What if you lose a finger? Do you change the way that you name your fingers? So if you lose, say, for example, you lost your middle finger. No, actually, let's pick, pick one, any of the other ones. You lose any finger other than your middle finger. Now your middle finger is no longer your middle finger. Right, but technically, what do you call technically it? your middle finger isn't your middle finger either because your thumb is not a finger, but I get yeah, what you're it saying. Is. It's your middle digit. Um, you still refer to it. I think they're the same. You're just missing one. I think it's like, yeah, if you lose like Well, your that could finger, be the, said the same thing for the arm then. I guess it only applies to middle, really. Yeah, I was going to say, because otherwise they all have a spe- specified name that's not directional. It's, if you, know, you like lose, your If you lose your ring finger, do you, first of all, you're never actually married. Say if you lost your ring finger on your left hand and you were either married at the time or you got married after, what finger would you then put the ring on? 
Uh, probably my pinky. I'd go pinky just because yeah. pinky rings are badass. Yeah, exactly. And but would you weird. then refer to your pinky as your ring finger or your pinky ring finger? Yeah, pinky ring finger. I like that. Yeah, that's that's what we're going at. So in case you ever have a horrible degloving accident with your your wedding ring and lose that finger, degloving. That's a thing where your your if anyone who's wearing rings and it happens more frequently, it happened to Jimmy Fallon actually. Uh, that was a big thing with his finger, but it rips this. It'll like pulls the skin, it, but it pulls the skin and all the connecting tissue off. And you'd be surprised how often it doesn't success. They can't fix it where it will like a lot of times it degloves down to the bone. And Whoa. there's very like a high percentage of cases that you just lose your finger, like at a knuckle. It's like that they, happened it's, to Jimmy Fallon. He, he didn't lose anything. He had like a pretty minor one, but he had like this big cast on it for like a long time. And yeah, it's was pretty this serious injury. It's during like, the Tonight Show, or was yep. this like yeah, it's a big thing like a year or two shows ago. Shows you how much I watched the Tonight Show. Exactly, but yeah, so be careful there. You don't want to lose your ring finger. I've thought about that like plenty of times. So like when I broke my hand a couple months ago, oh yeah, it like got all super swollen and stuff. And it was my it was like my my the the hand bone, the fifth metacarpal that's connected to the pinky. But say for example, I broke my ring finger or like the bone connecting to it, and it got super swollen, and they like there was going to be problems and they needed to take it off. How would they do that? They just got sawed this off. This thing's, it's made out of tungsten. It's hard as hell. Diamond cutter? I don't know. It, uh, something. And how would they do it without destroying my finger? They'd sl- they'd probably, sl- uh, I don't know. You think it'd be like taking off a cast anything. where they slide something underneath it, but. Could be. No, that's a good point. Moving on. What's are, we doing next? The pi- are we doing the picks next? Oh, I have not prepared anything for this. So yeah. Me neither. That's how we know it'll be good. So last week's pick segment, uh, I closed the gap a little bit. So I and and by last week I mean two weeks ago. So I picked. We were picking the conference championship games in college football. I had Auburn, which did not go well for me. I had Miami, which also did not go well for me. So I laid an egg on both conference championships games. But I got my NFL picks right. Uh, with the Rams over, I think they played the Cardinals, the Pats played the Bills that week, and the Vikings played the Falcons. So I got all those. I was uh, plus six on the week. DP, you were plus three. Good. Nice. So you uh, you pushed on Wisconsin and Ohio State at plus six. You got Oklahoma over TCU for one point there. Uh, the Chargers did not cover the spread, so you lost three big Still points won, there. Though. You got New Orleans over whoever they played that week and the Vikings again. So you're plus 11, I'm plus 10. We are neck and neck coming down to the end of the NFL season here. Wow, it's a tight so race. So why don't you go ahead? You want me just, to go first? Just because. Interesting week this week. We're not picking any college games, duh. Um, yeah, I, we didn't even talk about this. We're just going to pick five NFL games. Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Do we want to pick like, uh, you know when you go on like betting apps and they have like random tennis matches on there with people nope, you've never heard of? I believe of? you. That would be really probably just sad. I think most people would be able to predict how that happens. Um, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and snatch this one up because I got to do it. Uh, I'm taking the Rams over Seattle. The Rams are underdogs in Seattle. Ooh. One and a half points only. Uh, I'm calling the Rams getting a win on this one. A little bounce back game. How many points are you going to wager on oh, that I there? I forgot about that. Um, I'll put three on that one. I'd, yeah, I'd go heavy on that as well. Rams are good. I mean, the Seahawks obviously have looked good as of late as well. It's just one of those things, though, that's weird because people will be like, oh, yeah, they lost to Seattle, but that was in Seattle. Like, for some reason, that's, like, excusable all of a sudden. So we got Baltimore at Cleveland. Uh, the Browns are seven-point home dogs. 
I am going to go ahead and take Baltimore in that game. I uh, Baltimore's looked decent lately. I mean, they uh, what did they do? I mean, they just barely lost to the Steelers. I feel like they had close games. I don't know. Uh, I don't have anything good to say with this, but just give me uh, just give me Baltimore at like one point. Joe Flacco is still elite. Great pick, Rod. Great pick. Yeah, that was that was well thought out. Um, my next one, I'm snagging this because I think this is an easy pick. Uh, Atlanta favored by six at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a mess. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Yeah, anytime they have Jameis Winston at quarterback, you never know what could happen. He played well last week, but I'm putting two on this one. Taking Atlanta. All right, so for my uh, next pick, we're going. We got to pick a lot of games here, I suppose. Yeah, I know it's kind of a, a bit. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me the Chargers at the Chiefs? Chargers are two point favorites. Chiefs had a bounce back last week. They're finally starting to right the ship a little bit. Didn't they win last week? They did. It seems like forever. Ago yeah, Alex for Smith had a really good It's game, only actually. Tuesday. Oh yeah, he, on my bench. Yeah, he. I, I started him. Uh, so that turned out well, but uh, I, I like the way LA's been playing. Uh, I'll take them on the road. I'll just take one point on that again, though. Wow, boo! My strategy seems to be working a little bit backwards here. You would think I'd be wagering more points on the games that I would pick first, but you know, here we are. Yeah, you know, it's fair. All right, uh, my next one. I'm taking Dallas over Oakland. Dallas is favored by three. I think they're going to do a little bit better than that. Uh, Dak is back, for at least in some way. I'm just going to put two on that one, but give me Dallas. All right, I'm going to take the uh, the Pats with a big bounce-back game over the Steelers. Three-point favorites on the road are the Patriots. Obviously, they did not look good last week, but uh, give me the Pats at minus three, and I'll take two points on that game. Next one, I'm going to take – oh, where'd it go? Oh, yeah. I'm taking Detroit over Chicago. Chicago actually is playing well. They just uh, gave a little stomping to Cincinnati, I believe. But uh, Detroit at home, favored by five and a half, which is kind of a lot, but I think they'll barely cover that. Give me Detroit. Uh, Let's go with two points on that one. This is going to be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to take the Giants at home over the Eagles. NFC East game, those division games are unpredictable. Going to be Nick Foles, Babies, first game in who knows how long. And the Giants are seven and a half point home dogs. I understand they're a mess, but uh, I'll take the Giants. Probably just go one point on that game. Banking them all for the Vikes. All right, so now we got Vikings in the biggest spread of the the week, I think, yeah. No, New Orleans Uh, and and, uh, the Jets are 16. (laughs) Yikes, wow, we didn't even pick that one either. Um, I those big spreads freak me out, man. Uh, so Minnesota over Cincy. I'm gonna put my remaining. I think I only have one on this one. That's actually kind of scary. Yep, one on Minnesota. I will obviously take the Vikes at minus eleven at home as well with however many points I got left, which looks like six. Yeah. Wow. No five. Oh no, you're right. I can add math. All right, so there's our picks. Take them to the bank. What do we got next? Uh, you we got b-ball. Some other sports. Uh, go for b-ball. Quick, other sports. Quick checkup. Uh, they're not doing so well. They were. Wait, what the hell happened? Yeah, they were averaging like eighty-nine points a game, and now they're down to like forty something in the last couple. They just managed to squeak one out against Drake by one point, which was embarrassing. They got booed at halftime. Yeah, home. they. It actually was way closer than that. They made like two shots at the end. It was way like, closer than one point. Or it was way. It was not nearly that close. They kind of came back and took control a little bit, but the. Uh, the Gophers are having a block party. 
They're like the Florida Gulf Coast of blocks instead of dunks, and it's fun to watch. They Reggie Lynch has just been giving everyone the fly swatter, and it's pretty sweet. There's got to be some kind of – they're on track for some kind of record, but that's just a little no, check-in on them. If only they could play defense other than just blocking shots because they gave up an astronomical number of points to Arkansas. Yeah, you just let them drive the lane and then go for the block. They lost on the road at Nebraska, and the players all decided they wanted to. Or, uh, maybe not all of them, but Nate Mason definitely just coming out blaming the officiating after the game. It was really bad, but yeah, that's embarrassing. But, I mean, the the... In terms, anyway, if you look at the number of foul shots attempted by both teams, it was pretty much even. Yeah. So it's not like they had a huge advantage in that sense. And even if the officiating was slightly slanted, first of all, you're on the road. That's always going to happen a little bit when you're on the road, at least for the most part. It it just kind of seems to work out that way. But if you are the team that you think that you are, you have to beat Nebraska. You, yeah, you like, can't it's just, lose the bad teams right. as a good team. Like the Miami loss was one thing. Like that was a that was a good team in Miami that they played a very good team. Uh, but Nebraska barely beaten Drake. Arkansas is obviously not terrible, but it's not a team that you expect to get blown out by in the way that they did. They were never in that game. Never once led in that game. Arkansas Arkansas led that game the entire time. Yeah, not good. Um, but they're all right. They they won. I think they're playing tonight or some other. Uh, who knows? But. Other Gopher sports, we're gonna a little little row the boat here. Little, actually, genuinely excited about the Gopher football team for the first time since uh, Oregon State. Seven, yeah. <laughs> um, Gophers have the highest rated incoming draft class of O and defensive linemen since they've been rating d- recruiting classes. I just said draft recruiting. I heard you. And it is exciting. They snagged some boys from the south from IMG Academy in Florida, which is a big deal. Yes. Um, they got some dude who is 6'8 and about 400 pounds, a.k.a. the Legit- same size as Thor Bjornsson, the mountain. Le- Not kidding. Legitimately, that's what he's listed at on like 247sports.com or whatever, like one of those big ranking sites. Yeah. 400 pounds. Yeah, that's legit. That's exactly the size of the mountain from Game of Thrones, for those of you who watch. They, also, they also got one of his other offensive line teammates who's like 6'2", 360, or 6'4", yeah. 360, or something like that, which is also boy. a massive human being. No word yet if the expanded food budget at the new Athletes Village <laughs> is going to bankrupt the university, but that could be a storyline to follow. Yeah, keep an eye out on that. But They the, uh, also got a JUCO transfer that committed on Sunday that was like one of the top-rated offensive linemen. I don't know if it was just JUCO offensive linemen or what. But uh, he was like the fifth-rated O lineman in this uh, in this class. I think it was probably JUCO lineman, but still. What are the odds stuff. that PJ Fleck has all these kids on Snapchat? Are you insinuating something, or just like I'm because just, he's just, hip now? With yeah, it, because wow. he's lit. He's probably follows them all on Twitter. He he at least keeps an eye on their snap story. He I guarantee you his recruiting involves so many emojis. It's just and clearly flame. It's, and clearly it's working. So one hundred percent. The fact that we stole a line recruit from Florida is pretty sick. Yeah, one of those guys from IMG decommitted from Florida. The other one had offers from Alabama. Yeah, that that just shows you. And they you know. both decided to come here, which is nuts. Also, their quarterback, uh, Zach Anikstead is the kid's name. He's a, like a relatively decent-looking quarterback. I think he's a three-star guy or something like that. He's actually from Mankato originally. 
but transferred down to IMG to play football his sophomore year. Um, had a really good season last year. He wants to come to Minnesota. I don't believe they've officially offered him a scholarship, but they've been looking at him hard. He's come for visits and stuff like that. So that's pretty dope too. That's sick. So get excited for nine months from now or whatever, but still cool. Um, anything else with row the boat rod? Uh, so we mentioned, uh, our boy Victor. Do we want to talk about this again? I think that's pretty much it, but, uh, I want to officially extend the offer to Vic Viramontes. If you're listening to this, I'm probably going to tweet the link at you. So if you make it to this far (laughs) in the show and, uh, and you're still listening, DP and I want to officially volunteer to be your, uh, PR professionals. Yeah, well, we're PR 101, we got some things to work on. We noticed some holes in your Twitter game. Yeah, it's uh, we can help. We're you have, a Twitter elitists. You have about 10 times more Twitter followers than both of us combined. Yeah, and we'll ever have in our lifetime. But, you know, we'll, we can help you out. We'll we'll show you the ropes. Uh, your make profile sure you, pick could use a little work, my boy. But <laughs> we're going to make sure that you don't send out any D-picks or anything like that. We can, we'll, we'll keep you safe. Just tell, tell you what, just give us your password. And we'll handle it from here, bud. Yeah, don't. Nothing could go wrong there. Nothing at all. Can't wait to have you aboard. Row the boat. <laughs> all right, Rod. Well, that recruiting class, the Gopher News, pretty lit. That is lit. Uh, what do you say we do some litter shit? Let's do it. So, what's the definition of lit? You know how everybody's walking around saying lit. Oh, bro, it's lit. I was so lit last night. I adopted a 16-year-old Guatemalan. Lit. Lit, bro. I just took a dump. It was huge. It was lit. That's lit. Do you want to go ahead? All right, yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, I'm going to start with a shit. Get it out of the way. I got more shits than lits this week. Um, This is kind of just a funny shit, but my shit, and this happened a little while back, is when the first snowfall comes, pretending like you don't know how to drive in the snow like you've done every single winter and almost killing yourself the first time you go to work or commute in the snow because granite our first big snowfall it rained all night froze and then got a healthy amount of snow on top which is you shouldn't be allowed to leave your house when that happens nutty glare ice and i was also driving a non suv for the first time in the snow so i had a dangerous dangerous day i actually got stuck on a freeway like like spinning what? tires on a hill yeah there was, a, there was ice happen. yeah and, and it was bad it was scary but uh that, everyone does it and it's just horrendous it it's it's so dangerous realistically the world in the midwest the first time it shows snow should shut down and it should be like hey all right everyone Go take 10 minutes out of your day, drive around your block a little bit, try not to kill each other, just and we'll, just, we'll try this again tomorrow. And it's it's sketchy, so that's shit. I lucked out on this first big snowfall, or not necessarily big snowfall, but just treacherous with all the ice. Lucked out big time, because I have driven nothing but front-wheel drive sedans my whole life, as far as like my own personal cars, but I just randomly happened to be driving my dad's truck. Oh, it's so the, nice. The day before, and then for like, Two days after it snowed, I, it just like happened to work out that way that I was driving his truck for work, and uh, I got to just roll around in four wheel drive. He just put new tires on it this summer. It was like driving on dry pavement. It was beautiful. Yeah, it when when you get to drive a car like that, you're like, oh, I'm not worried about myself. You get to start focusing on how bad everyone else is and how right. dangerous they are. Only problem is you still got to be somewhat concerned about stopping. Yeah, that it's you're a little heavier. It's it's tough. Or just in general, you're on ice, uh, four-wheel drive or not, you put the brakes on and lock them up, you are going to be SOL no matter what. You're going skating today, boys. <laughs> uh, so my my shit 
is people wearing, so this is weather related as well, people wearing shorts <laughs> when it's like 20 degrees out. I was at Walmart this evening. It was legitimately, I got back, cold. I got back in my car after I saw this guy and, and immediately grabbed my phone and checked to see what the temperature was because I wanted to be accurate about this. It was 20 degrees. I forget what the wind and the feels like was, but it was definitely a little bit blustery as well. Young man just walking into Walmart wearing shorts. I was like, dude, I really hope you're here to buy pants. <laughs> Maybe just hit the gym, dude. I, I just, I really, I guess, you know what? I've done that. You go yeah, to the same. gym, you're hot, you're sweaty. You got to stop somewhere real quick. You don't feel like putting on pants. You're just going to run in, run out. But you know what? This man, I'm going to guess he was not just at the gym. Unless, you know what? Maybe he just joined. Yeah. Well, still, you know, there are people like that. So he's, even if he's not a good example, there are people who still wear shorts in the winter. But I really, like, I thought about following him. And if he made it to the checkout line without grabbing pants on, he'd be like, you know what, young man? This is Walmart. They got sweatpants for like five bucks. Why don't I go grab you a pair? What <laughs> size are you? Triple X? Oh, okay. Oh, boy. All right. Your turn. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to switch to a lit here, and my lit is seasonal Christmas food. So I'm a, I am a pumpkin slut, and I loved the fall and uh, all the pumpkin spice. Plore? Slore? Ooh, that's a stretch. A pumpkin slut? Pumpkin splice slut? I don't know. But love the pumpkin stuff. When it comes to ho- the holidays and the winter season, you get some mint stuff. You get some seasonal things. But for the most part, you get stuff that's just Christmas colors, like just red and green. red Oreos, or like all the little Debbie snacks. They're literally the same. They change the shape so that they're Christmas trees, and they change the colors, and they taste better. And I don't care what you say. I don't know why, but it just all tastes better. It's like like a, a sugar cookie that has Christmas colored frosting on it tastes better than one that would just be plain white or doesn't have decorations. I don't I don't get it, but it's lit. And they also have less calories. Oh, they have zero, fun fact. Oh, I didn't even know that. Looks like I'm going to be binge eating Christmas cookies. Yeah, why not? Uh, are you done? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, fine. Sure. Well, <laughs> were you? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to move on to my lits. I have two. Uh, my first one is, again, weather-related, outdoor ice skating. So friggin' pumped that that's back. I went- We'll see. Yesterday, it's- What do you mean, we'll see? We'll see how much we get to do it this year. Well, we got a refrigerated like ice skating loop literally right across the street here. Oh, so, good for you. So get to do it a bunch. So far, we went yesterday. They opened at 4 o'clock yesterday. I wanted to get there literally at like 4.01, but we didn't make it there until like 4.45. But there was still like nobody there on just a random Monday. It was quite cold, very windy. Um, but there was basically nobody there. And it's like an ice skating loop. I've talked about this before. Um but so it's not like an actual ice rink, but you just skate around. There was nobody out there for the most part. So I got to just like Apollo on Ono that just stuff. got to fly around like a speed skater there yeah. for about a half a lap before I was a huffing and puffing. <laughs> of course. Cause it's been a while and I'm quite out of shape, uh, especially when it comes to hockey. I was so, I, I'm so out of shape that I was skating, no sticks or pucks involved. But my arms were sore when I was done. <laughs> Just from moving your arms in a running motion. That is ex- motion. exactly correct. But uh, it's back. I'm glad. I'm super pumped for a couple weeks before they open the like actual outdoor ice rinks and I get to start just uh, ringing the pucks over the boards and walking through the snow with my skates on to pick up all the pucks that I lost <laughs> and challenging some like team of peewees and jumping in a game with them and pretending that I'm actually a good hockey player because they are 12. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Or no. like old guys that just don't know how to, or not old guys, but dudes in their like 30s that just play four or five games of pickup hockey every year and they're not any good. Yeah, can't wait to be that guy. It's the best part. But no, you're definitely right on the lit. The wintertime is the best time for outdoor activities between snowboarding, skiing, pond hockey, snowmobiling if you're into that, ice fishing. There's just so much to do and it's lit. How ideal would it be if we could do all of those same outdoor activities, but somehow they would still work if it was 75 and sunny? It'd be awesome. If I could still snowboard or ski year round, oh, right, game over. Or skate or snowmobile or whatever. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Freaking go tubing. Yeah. I don't care. I'd, I'd go down the hill in a garbage bag if I could <laughs> if it was 75 degrees out. That'd be sick. All right. I've got, speaking of sick, um, I got a shit here. Wait, I don't literally have to. That was, that's not what I meant. I have... Something else to add to the shit list. It's being so full and uncomfortable that you can't sleep. And I've only experienced this a couple times in my life, but I reached a new limit this past Saturday. Went to the old Kyoto all-you-can-eat sushi with the boys. It's amazing. But I, without even really noticing, usually I have about 50 pieces of sushi. You know, like like seven, eight rolls. Yeah. No. Like roll pieces of rolls, right. not of like sashimi or anything. Oh, sashimi's where it's at, though. So yeah, and sashimi's all right. But I, without really noticing, I ordered my last order, and everyone's like, "Wait, how many rolls is that for you?" And it was like ten or eleven, which ended up being and and I left one piece on the plate because so you didn't eat it all. No, 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 because that was sixty nine pieces, and I was like, nice. Oh, you stopped at yeah, yeah, yeah. Which want number seven? I'm super cool. I know, but. Then we had ice cream afterwards because the, they have ice cream there and you, duh, not going to not eat ice cream. But I went home and I couldn't lay down or get in a position where I wasn't like in pain. It took me like two hours to fall asleep, not because I wasn't tired, but because my body was trying not to explode. And being that full, it's so weird because it just gets worse for like an hour or two. And it's, I regret it, but I'd do it again and I probably will. That's insane, dog. Thanks. I uh, I can't say I've ever gotten to that level. I am one of those people that, especially when I go out to eat, will absolutely eat until I am in discomfort pretty much every single time and then complain about it for the next two hours. And it's gotten to the point where it's so routine that my family or like friends or whatever, they'll be like, all right, stop eating now. You already told us you're full twice. We know what happens. You're going to complain about it for the rest of the night. Like, just just put the rest of it in the doggy bag and eat it tomorrow. So here's my, my theory on why the sushi thing, it makes it worse. Because you don't feel gross. It's all, like, you think about right. it, it's fish and it's rice. Not, it's it's pretty, not super greasy it's clean, and salty and So heavy. you can actually max out on, like, your food capacity rather than with, like, burgers and pizza and stuff. You feel gross and you feel full, so it stops you earlier. Sushi, you can actually eat until your stomach is going to rupture i might have to go try this now i've never i've never done all you can eat sushi i love sushi but just never done it so uh we'll have to give that a shot i'll report back next week yes perfect um i think that's it i have one more i just didn't write it down all right uh it'll be a quick one uh this is uh streaming shows on like amazon or netflix or whatever uh when you've been waiting for the last 11 months for the new episodes to come out and they finally do. Uh, so I just experienced this with the Grand Tour, which is like the the now Amazon version of Top Gear from when the like Top Gear guys were on Top Gear, but now they're on the Grand Tour because Jeremy punched some guy in the face 
Uh, I think it was about the food. He did a Randy Moss type of deal. Uh, But anyway, new season started. But the shit side of it is, so this is both for me. It's both lit and shit. Is that Amazon with this show, because this show has always been a traditional TV show until it came on Amazon last year and then now obviously this year. They're releasing it like a TV show where there's only one episode a week for like 12 weeks. And so for the last like several days since it debuted last week on Thursday, I've just been like re-watching that episode and or watching other past episodes of the show. Um, but it's great, but it's also terrible. That's it. That was compelling. That was lit and shit. It's a great show. Check it out. Go see it. Go see it. All right, Rod, wrap us up here. You're the expert and you probably know how the game's going currently or if it's over, but wild news. What are what are your Minnesota Wild up to? So they've been hot as of late. The uh, team is hopefully trying to make a turnaround here. They won a lot of close games. They've won three overtime games in like the last week and a half. Matt Dumba had the OT goal in the first two. Nino Niederreiter had the last one against the Sharks. So they just finished up a big West Coast swing with the Kings, the... Uh, the other one, the Ducks and the Sharks. Hey, Dave, you like the Ducks? <laughs> and uh, they have now come back home. They're currently playing Calgary. The score is 1-1. One to one. I watched most of the first period before we started recording this here and then had to shut it off. At that time, they had one shot on goal with about two minutes left. And they uh, actually scored shortly after I turned it off. But it's 1-1 one to one right now. Uh, overall, they've been doing better. Uh, they've, they've on a little bit of a hot streak. They've been taking way too dang many penalties. So it'll be interesting to see over the next week or two, if they're going to be able to sustain some winning or if it's going to be one of those things where they just go back into a losing streak. Cause that's basically what they've done all year. I mean, it really sounds like they just got to get the puck deep, you know, get the puck on net, get good shots out there, really cycle the puck around, play good defense, get back on D and, you know, just, uh, make it easy on the old goaltender, get pucks deep. Yeah, bud. Uh, Parisi's almost back. Spurgeon's almost back. Hopefully on Parisi anyway. Uh, Spurgeon's been skating on his own. He's hoping to rejoin skating with the team uh, and, and play later this week. Zach Parisi's back to skating. Has been for a couple weeks now, and he's like stick handling, shooting pucks and stuff, rehabbing that back injury. According to uh, Bruce Boudreau, no due date yet for his return. I thought it was very funny that he said due date. Uh, that's a baby thing. Well, what are the odds that Bruce Boudreau doesn't know what a due date actually is? He what just, are the odds Zach he just thinks that something's due? Ooh, spin zone. That's why he's been out. Could it happen? Probably not. No. All right, that's all I got. You got anything else you want to say to the people? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, we're uh, we're glad to be back. We know you're not glad, but we are. And uh, get ready, cause. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rodcast. Whether you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, Please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate your feedback. Also go to facebook.com slash the Rodcast MN. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.